This week's guest is a biggie. Having mastered the art of early mornings, he hosted Radio 1 Breakfast Show for six years, his real-life actual dream job. He's now on Radio 1 Drive Time and has added numerous other insanely brilliant achievements to his CV. It doesn't get bigger than being one of the judges on X Factor or, in fact, one of the celebs on Gogglebox. This guy has got all the chat. He's handsome. His hair is brilliant, as are his clothes. He's even had his own own menswear range in Top Man and was voted Best Dressed Man in 2014 by GQ. Oh, He's a style guru, partied hard with the stars, and is all round a funny guy. If you've not worked it out already, this week I'm in the kitchen of Nick Grimshaw. That's quite the intro. I like was best dressed in 2014. That was six years ago. Since then, <laughs> he's derailed into sloviness. What has happened? Let's start with that. <laughs> Why do you look like this? So we're in your kitchen, mm-hmm. and I guess we have to just dis- start by describing and kind of talking through your kitchen. Okay. Um, favorite features? I love the walls. Um, when I moved in, the the kitchen was all white. Um, and it felt really clinical. It felt like a sort of um, a kitchen in, it wasn't horrible or anything, but it was like a kitchen, like a staff room kitchen. So it felt very functional. Like <laughs> no, I didn't like it. It felt like very functional, pretty serious. So um, I couldn't decide on a color. So I did them like this p- plaster, um, which everyone. It's um, like a gray plaster. Yeah, like, like a gray. pink. Yeah. And um, my mum hated it because my mum thought it was not finished. So every time she comes, she's like, is the kitchen going to be finished? <laughs> I'm like, this is actually how it's meant to look. Um, but I don't know. I really like it. It sort of takes to um, every light and every season and every sort of mood. Yeah. So it looks nice in the summer. It feels cozy in the winter. It's nice when there's no lights on. I love it when there's lamps on with it. Like it really sort of fits with every scenario I could so see. yeah I like the walls yeah the walls are gorgeous you have huge bits of art and delicious marble what's what is the marble I don't know the I don't know what the marble is I went to this mega place called um stone world <laughs> and it was one of my <laughs> like fa- toys are us, it's stone. like Disneyland for gays and it's just all different nice bits of marble but what about kitchen. when they pick it up with the machine yeah. and it carries it along the ceiling yeah. and you're like that's that Huge one. slabs of marble. Everything I picked was like a billion pounds. So this was the one that I could afford that wasn't expensive. Yeah, you've <laughs> got quite a lot of it. Marble is expensive. It looks like you've got a 30 mil. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the depth. At uh, the depth. But I wanted one that was like quite mad, I thought, because the walls are like just quite simple and like there's like brick in here and steel. And I kind of wanted the marble and the wood's very basic as well. So I wanted the marble to be sort of a bit bougie and a bit yeah stand out yeah stand out yeah it's gorgeous um how hands-on would you say you are in the kitchen um I really love cooking like I, I don't know how good I am at it I'm sort of getting I think the more you do it the more I sort of figure out what works with what but I, I love it I find it like really relaxing like I love having time to cook like at the weekends we'll cook and at the Friday night and stuff but um I'm pretty hands-on what was the last meal you cooked? Last meal that I cooked was, what did I cook? Maybe maybe a roast on last Sunday was probably the last time I cooked. A week ago? Yeah. 
I've had a busy week. How, how have you got through the week? What are We've you living on? We've been away and things. Um, last week I made like a veggie roast for our friends who came around. Who but you're not veggie. Veggies. No, I'm not veggie. I don't eat a lot of meat, but I'm not veggie, no. I probably have a month. No, six monthly steak. Ooh. And what do you think is your best meal that you might have cooked in this space? Best meal. I make a really, it looks impressive, but it's really simple. It's a spinach and uh, feta phyllo pastry pie. Yes. And it looks, I think the phyllo makes it look a bit chefy. Yeah. But actually it's really, really easy. And it's got like loads of good things in it, like nutmeg and like cayenne pepper, pine nuts, cheddar, feta, spinach, eggs. And do you do it like a little swirl, like a little, yeah, do, you do it, do it like the a log, little swirl. A log. Yeah, I don't make the phyllo <laughs> pastry. No, um, but like how are you setting it out? Because some people, you can swirl it into like a big swirl. Or you do it as like a long, long Oh, I do like a pie. natural fold. Oh, so, so make okay. it look like it's folded and then you cook it in the pan. Yeah. Oh, okay. In the oven. Okay. Yeah. So that's my favorite because it looks really like, oh, you Ooh. made that. And you're just like, I just I just, this whipped, up. <laughs> just whipped up a pie, guys. <laughs> okay. Um, but I think it definitely is not, it's definitely not healthy. That moderately. Is, no, there's so much cheese. You can it. put a lot of spinach to counterbalance yeah. that. Yeah. I'm about uh, balancing, Balance. counterbalancing So diet. a lot of cheese, a lot of spinach. Yeah, a slice of lemon. Yeah. <laughs> it's a diet. Lemon water on the side. Yeah. Diet food. Diet food. Can we agree that, um, like, the kitchen is the hub, the heart of any home. It's where all uh, yeah. the fun happens. That's why people, like, that's why open plan kitchens are a thing. Would mm -hmm. you agree? 100%. I like, when I said when I moved in, like, we never really hung out in here because it was too... It felt like a science lab, but now we never, ever don't sit in the kitchen. Yeah, I was like going to say, your ratio of time yeah. spent kitchen. Always, okay. always, always in the kitchen. Okay. Well, it's close to the fridge, isn't it? <laughs> that was going to be my next question. The snacks are closer. <laughs> um, my, I really like the idea that, you know, the kitchen is the place where you top and tail your day. The kitchen or the fridge. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to start the day here. I'm going to end the day here. going to end it. Yeah. Um, you grew up in Oldham, near Manchester. Mm -hmm. I think that's near Manchester. Uh, <laughs> were there any major influences in terms of food growing up? Um, my dad worked in food. So he, he? used to work, yeah, for um, Nestle. So they sort of looked after all these companies like Findus and Lean Cuisine and Perrier maybe and like Kit Kats. And like, I just remember my childhood being like frozen, um, Multi-packs of chocolate bars. Yeah, no, like it frozen French bread pizzas, Finder's crispy pancakes, Kit Kats and Perrier water. And um, what stayed with you from that? <laughs> what have you taken into your adult The life? only thing I like Perrier. from that list is Perrier. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I remember, my mum was like, my mum makes a banging roast and I always remember my mum's roast and I always remember Sunday being like a day for cooking growing up in like the house just being like thick with gravy in the air and like I just remember Sunday was just my mum was basically just had a bright red face and was cooking but we well, would I don't you know. help would you get involved um not really not not when I was little I do now um growing up like I help I helped at Christmas a lot and <laughs> you're really trying to justify you really want to help the child. Well, no. <laughs> yeah, but not as a really child good. no, no we, I didn't massively I, I didn't really as a kid I, I, I don't remember ever helping with with food now I remember getting in from school and eating everything that was bad for you, like club biscuits, Viscount biscuit, a box of Gold cereal. Bar. Yeah. I was always peanut butter on toast, but like four rounds of oh, toast, yeah, butter yum. first, peanut butter. Yeah, yum. Just yeah. before dinner. We'd always have um, hot pot as well. 
Oh, like, like a stew vegetable or... hot pot. Yeah, we call it. It's called tater ash in Manchester. Say again. Tater ash. <laughs> so potato, I, potato hash. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we'd have tater ash. I always remember, and you'd do like a crust of pastry on top of it. So it'd be like a thin layer crust pastry, almost like a a bit, short crust. Yeah, short crust and like quite like almost like a biscuity. Yeah. And you'd have that with yeah with like a stew that was good. And then hash on the side. Or is that? No, it was sort of like in it. It would oh. be like potatoes, meat, oh, sorry, okay. gravy, <laughs> I'm carrots. like turning this into something else. I yeah. think hash could really work with it. You red cabbage on the side. Ooh. Yeah, sure. Okay, delicious. And did like did your siblings get involved in the kitchen or was it just yeah, like? They, they were like 11. Well, they still are. They were 11. <laughs> they're still 11. They're, they're 11. No, they were 11 and 13 years older than me. So by the time I sort of getting memories, they sort of moved out. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so you were basically like an only child. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> basically, yeah, basically, child. yeah. I feel like that explains. Yeah. <laughs> Can I say that? That's the brattiness. No, and I remember we'd always go out for dinner. Like We, were, we always used to go out and go to Italians. And my mum and dad were like into food. My dad was very particular about his food. Like, because he used to uh, travel a lot. We work and go to like really amazing restaurants everywhere. So he was actually a bit food snobby. Like he'd... He wasn't like snobbing like uh, he wouldn't eat like a stew or toast, but he was very particular about his food. Yeah. So it had to be like, you know. He good. sounds like a man after my own heart. Yeah, it really is. I'm yeah. like on board yeah, with yeah, this. Yeah. So, so we'd go out a lot and my mum and dad were very they'd sort of in- encourage you as a kid, I remember, to like order yourself and like speak to the waiter and like you would be able to come to dinner with adults and they'd have dinner parties and I'd be allowed to go and stuff. Yeah. So I remember that quite a lot from my childhood being encouraged to be a grown-up and not having like baby food yeah I saw I remember growing up um when my parents would have parties or dinner parties being able to be the waitress oh that was that was as close as I got to I used to play the trumpet as like after I dinner did. entertainment and I was so <laughs> crap at it I actually had a case that would always break. I was like the school kid, like I'm on my, I've got my trumpet, and then literally fall out and be like, "There's my trumpet." So we're gonna end this podcast with a duet. A duet. (laughs) Oh god. So, how would you say that that kind of affects your approach to food today? Are you quite like? Do you like to eat out? What's your? I love eating out and going out. I love eating. I love eating. (laughs) The end. Um, <laughs> how did it affect me? I think um, I think it affected me in that when I cook now, I can only really cook for a lot of people. Like I presume that eight people are coming yeah. every time. So I cook. I love cooking for a social occasion. Yeah. Like I, I'm, if it's just me in or just me and Mishin, we'll have we'll cook most nights, but we'll have just something simple like fish and vegetables or we won't like do proper cooking yeah. but I think when people come around is when I sort of get into it okay. so I think I always want to encourage people to come around for dinner which yeah. I guess I've got off them okay and I guess that leads me really nicely into my next question say for instance mm-hmm. and I could be so out of date with friends pals here but you have someone like Rita Ora or Harry Styles or one of your mm-hmm. shitty friends come around <laughs> um what would you cook for them uh, is it? Oh, oh is it? Is <laughs> no. That <what> it <laughs> no, but I, in my mind, I'm like, is it some kind of ancient grain and avocado? It's an ancient healthy? grain. We love an ancient <laughs> grain. I had an ancient grain the other day and I didn't know what it was. Well, what it's is an it? ancient grain. What does that well, mean? Anything from like a quinoa to like a... But just any grain then. Yeah, but like ancient But is there ones. new grains? Um, 
I'm sure there are. Well, I think a lot of the ancient grains are actually being re-kind of yeah, rebranded re, yeah. as like the new health foods yeah. and all of that type of thing. Or are you kind of going out to the butchers and getting some kind of like amazing Wagyu beef? Oh yeah, I do beef. love using like the butchers near me. There's a really good butchers on just around the corner and a really good fishmongers and he's northern. So okay. I, I have a loyalty to him, I good feel. Um, so, so probably, what are you cooking? Probably like, yeah, fresh fish, like nice. A whole fish? Uh, uh, sometimes a whole fish, although... Yeah, it depends what he's got on. I'd like maybe like I love I'd love doing like a tuna steak with some like chili and spring onion. I really like doing because so you just really it. easy, just sear it, okay. quick done, yeah. and then do some like steamed veg with like nice dressing, and then like maybe like a French salad. Like I love spring onion and like radish in a really simple salad, okay. and not really anything else. Dressing, and then a yummy dressing, yeah, okay. like mustard and so you're spicy just going, stuff. and it, it does it very much kind of it, like seasonally. Like, are you doing? I reckon I eat fish and vegetables and a salad 80% of my life. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like that's a very healthy, I mean, probably mercury levels you might need to get checked. Yeah, I probably do need to. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's sounds pretty healthy. And 50% mercury. <laughs> um, I'm bionic. <laughs> if you've got any weird side effects, you think we should get checked. But um, I, I think I order in quite a lot. I think when people come around, probably get a curry. I know that Rita is a big curry fan. I know that we had um like a really... I was being proper healthy before Christmas and like working out all the time and doing like a seriously structured, healthy diet. I wasn't like diet food, but I thought everything I eat needs to be nutritious and like fuel me yeah. as opposed to being like, I'm not eating a cake. I was yeah. like, I just want to eat like loads of vegetables and get loads yeah. of nutrients. And then one day I had this day where I had not been having sugar and I was like, oh, I'll have a little bit of apple pie. And then I'd, something happened and oh, I gosh. could not stop. I had like an apple pie, a packet of biscuits. I got a frozen yogurt on Deliveroo. I had a Magnum. Just a frozen yogurt. Yeah. Like I could not stop on the eating. And then Rita came round and she's like, I'm going to order a curry. And then she ordered. Where are you ordering from? Curry. Well, I don't know where she got it from. Um, somewhere in Islington. I don't know where she got from. Not the, I want to say greedy cow. It's not greedy cow, but there's one that actually yeah, uses like organic meat and stuff. Um, but we just out of the catchment for that and that really annoys Oh yeah, it up. was something to do with the cow. You can go and pick up from there. It is Islington. It was banging. It was really, really good. <laughs> anyway, and then I had all the curry and a whole Peshwari naan. So that was, delicious. A, that was a, a delicious, but quite a bad day on the eating. I probably had like 10,000 calories. And In what was your day. step count? <laughs> I, I like Zero. to really, yeah, I like to really, well, you've got like 69 Zero. steps. It was one of those days where you just like camp out in the house and didn't move. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. But then the next day you pick it back up. Yeah. You know, you walk to the shop. Yeah. You don't order, you don't order it. <laughs> um, so I guess one of my questions was, okay, Eileen, your mum's coming mm. around for the weekend. Are you going all out to kind of impress her with your culinary skills? Uh, no, we do go out to this restaurant. There's an amazing restaurant near us that my mum loves. And um, I was telling her all about it and she didn't fancy it. I said, oh, they do this, the most amazing like onion soup. She said, I hate onion soup. I said, oh, weird thing to hate. So I said, you've got to try it. She said, I don't like it. So we went, it's called Perilla. Um, yeah. Have you been? I've not, but I, re I don't know why it's I've not. It's so good. They even said they'd let me take the dog in if it wasn't busy. It's so good. And um, we went there and took my mum there and they did that, this this onion soup, which they serve in a whole onion. And then they have charcoal and mushrooms. I hope that it. was a big onion. because I'd A be big, big okay, onion. Like and then Spanish. they burn the onion. So it's sort of toasted oniony soup. And now my mum prefixes every visit to London with, should we get that onion soup? <laughs> 
she's like desperate for the onion soup. So we went there and we loved it. And then the we we always go there when my mum's here. And um, the the guy that was on it, the chef was on, uh, what's the show that Andy Oliver did? Oh, the Great uh, British Menu. Great it? British Menu. Yeah. So he was a chef on that, and we were screaming when we saw him on telly, like. We know him. We've <laughs> had his soup. Like we like. Do you get anything else, or you just literally so have excited. the soup? We basically get the soup. Well, the soup's the one mainstay that'll always be. And on. then everything else. Yeah, and everything else sort of changes. Oh, so he knows he's onto a good thing. Yeah, he knows. Yeah, that he did it on Great British Menu. Okay. Oh, yeah. he really? I think okay. he got a ten out of ten. I'm gonna go yeah. and have the soup. I you love gotta that. go and have the Is soup. Is there like a Gruyere kind of crouton? Yeah, there's like a little cheesy moment on top of it. Okay. It's out of control. I'm just checking to manage my own experience. Yeah, yeah, there's cheese. Don't take okay. your own. <laughs> um, but I do that, and then we, we tend to go out. We went to a really good Italian with my mum that she loved, um, and it was like a fun Friday night, and what, a few so of us went to Gloria in yeah. Shoreditch, and it's quite like um, on Great Eastern Street. On Great Eastern Street, yep. and it's like proper like. It reminded me of restaurants that my mum used to take me to when I was little. Yeah. So I was like, oh, let's go it's there. Raucous. Everyone's yeah. going wild in there. It's yeah. noisy. There's yeah. like... And the big plastic menu and like the thick carpet and like the 70s chairs. Did you go downstairs? We went downstairs. With the mirrored ceiling. With the mirrored ceiling. Yeah. And um, we loved it. And it was like really decadent and like really you know, fatty Italian But not food. overpriced. But No. Not... And did you... Oh, did you have the five inch meringue? No. Oh, no, but I have had that as a separate As a separate. <laughs> when I went on my own. <laughs> Just on my own. Yeah, they have uh, they have a good selection of pasta. Uh, what's the one as well where they do it in the big wheel of oh, cheese? Oh, the carbonara. Is we it had the like carbonara? carbonara yeah. so, and I really, carbonara I'd maybe put on my list of food that I don't like. I can never say no to, I'm that basic. Yeah, I'm like, it's I, carbonara. I, I don't like creamy yeah. stuff. I'm not really into cream, maybe. And, um, Carb, I don't want to be that person, but it's egg yolk. It's not cream. That's I know, why you can probably yeah, have maybe. it and love it. Um, but we had it in there and they, they sort of pump it with a, a sort of, looks like what you pump like balloons up with, but it's got gorgonzola in it and they pump in the pasta. I did not have that when I went in there. And then what? they serve it in the um, Parmesan and it was the most cheesy, insane dish. And you have to get it between two. And I was like, that is not enough food. It, That's a portion it was. for one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think about that carbonara a lot, actually. I've, I'm thinking about it a yeah, lot. Yeah, it's really good. We should go. Yeah, okay. So off the back of the carbonara chat, what's mm. your stance on diets? Health kicks, health um, stuff? I eat healthy most of the time. And uh, I, I, I eat like really healthy breakfast. Like I take my vitamins every day. I have like a pint. What's your go-to vitamin? My, vi- my go-to. <laughs> I love B12. Does <laughs> it really keep you balanced? <laughs> I love a B12. Um, but I have like a vitamin <laughs> shelf. Have you, do you take vitamin D? Spray? Yes. I take a D tablet. See, apparently the sp- I just A spray is better, in it? I just swapped. I have B12 spray. <laughs> I have a turmeric spray. Oh. I have a C gel. Where are you picking that? Squirt it in your mouth or mix it with a little bit of water. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty healthy. I don't really do diets, okay. but I, I, I say I mostly I'm healthy and then I'll eat bad if I want yeah. to. But and I never eat anything bad that's rubbish. Like, I love McDonald's. Like, I really love McDonald's. So if I want a McDonald's, I will go and have that and enjoy it. I'll never feel a quarter pounder with cheese, (laughs) chips. Four quarter pounders, cheese. (laughs) 45 chicken nuggets. Um, But I'll never feel like guilty for it because I I think because I am healthy most of the time. I think it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I know that you have done like the raw fitness regime Mm -hmm. diet. It's everyone's doing it. You do your before, you're after. Everyone's got abs afterwards. Yeah. 
Are you still doing it? I, what has it trans? You look pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> I I was doing it. I, I did it, and I'd never, re- I'd never ever ever done exercise and got into You're it. You're a natural runner. I am I a natural that. athlete, um, <laughs> and I'd, I'd never like done exercise at school, like at uni. I'd never did like football or anything. I, I really didn't ever do anything. And I'd go for like the odd run, and I mean like once a week or like twice a week when I moved to London because I'd see like people doing exercise. <laughs> so I, I was never really into it. And then um, I'd go like spinning occasionally. And then I was like, I'm just gonna give Raw a go, which is this gym, weightlifting gym in Liverpool Street in East London. And we'd go, you go there and you do like a weight training program and they measure your body. Uh, fat with like this little pinchy machine and I already w- don't like this and they, they <laughs> weigh you humiliation and they, <laughs> and they work out all your nutritional um your, your nutrition what exactly what you need for the work that you're doing and you just go and every time you go it gets heavier the weights basically oh I thought you meant like the pinching thing yeah. you gain more fat you get fatter um so I, I started doing it and I, every time I would go and I was like oh I hate this like how am I gonna tell them that I don't like this and was then, it like Ross leaving the gym uh, it was yeah it was a horrible <laughs> oh, was it Chandler 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 maybe. yeah and I was just like, I just, can't, I just can't do it. And then something happened in my head and I loved it. And now I still, I've been going since last September. So now it's just my gym. I just love, I love it. But also don't they, because I know a few people that have done it and mm. look amazing off the back of it. But don't they, isn't it all about a kind of a very reduced carb or like low, low carbs? Um, Are you frying I, up bacon for breakfast? Because that's the type of Yeah, I, I actually was allowed carbs. I had carbs with every meal apart from breakfast. So I'd have um, breakfast, I'd have like four eggs um, or two eggs and some smoked salmon. Okay, so um, you weren't going bacon, sausage and no, I egg. No, I, I didn't really like hot. Because no, that I consumption really like, of meat, like, no. I'm, I don't like I don't it. like it. I, sometimes I struggle with eggs in the morning. Yeah. I, I don't like t- it too early. So um, bacon and sausages, not really for me. I don't, and how, how are you preparing your eggs if you do have eggs? I love, I would do an omelette, which I enjoy, like smoked salmon mushrooms, some greens are in there. Are you keeping it quite sloppy or are you going for more solid under the grill? Um, I quite, I personally like it sloppy. I don't like it too foamy. Yeah. You know, it goes a bit yeah, like yeah. that. Um, but my favorite, which you're going to hate as a food lover, is I've, I, I was having so many eggs doing raw. I was like, oh, I've got to try I can't, I don't want to see an egg. So I was like, I'm going to make protein pancakes. So I made them, and my friend who did it, she said, you've got to get Form Nutrition's chocolate peanut. I've got that stuff. It's In smoothies, it's so good. So good. Yeah. And now I have that. I've had that every day for my breakfast for six months. So I have two <laughs> eggs, two scoops of protein with almond butter, and that's what I have for my breakfast every day. As a pancake? As a pancake. And it's literally delicious that's actually i feel like that feels quite manageable as some kind of diet so i was having that and then for lunch i'd have i had two lunches and they would be a piece of chicken or why not just a bigger lunch um i think to space (laughs) it out maybe okay because you're doing so much heavy weight you eat and then an hour later you're like i'm starving yeah so you'd they'd spread it out but i was doing i think i was doing 2200 calories a day so it wasn't a in, deficit really oh okay you were consuming that I was consuming okay. that yeah and what were you burning um, oh god this is getting a, really tech a billion <laughs> um, one billion a day um, but I don't know I, I, man, I when, when I first started doing it I was like oh my god this is not enough food and now 
I struggle to eat the food when I'm doing the, the full diet because I think it's really? actually, yeah. Could I think you it's when you do the switch it? over uh, and then okay. you get into it and then you're doing, they, you know, they've, they've worked out the nutrition for your height, your weight, your age, exactly what you're doing. So it is built to fuel exactly what you're doing. I think when you first start, they... They do like a no sugar, no carbs to sort of reset your metabolism. Oh, and put, what's it? It's when your body goes into, I want to say. Yeah, like a. What's it? I'm in my mind. Shock. Like calor. <laughs> Keto. Ketosis. Ketosis. I was like getting in my mind and I was getting it confused with yeah. bad breath. So <laughs> halitosis. Halitosis. <laughs> your body enters halitosis. So I think they do. When you first start, it is very reduced and you're like, I'm starving. But then. And cross. And cross. But then I quite like the point that like having a really strict diet because I'm like, I know what I can eat. Yeah. So I did a thing where I got food delivered by um, like a food company and they deliver the meals with exactly Do you want calories. to endorse it or no? Not really. It was quite plain. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay let's move on. <laughs> I think you can do it yourself, but it was good to do. Um, so if you are going on like a controlled diet or you you are going to do it, it was quite good to see those portion sizes so that next time I went to a restaurant, I was like, I know I can just have a piece of fish and some sweet potato and vegetables and yeah. stay on my course. But it was really effective. I was like 86 kilos and now I'm like 76. That's good. Yeah. I need to, I know. And I really do want to do and let me. It was just, it was alcohol and also no, I don't bread. <laughs> but they're my two favorites. I know, but they really made you fat. What? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just thing, guys. Um, but I'd just get a big fat head. It'd all just go to my head like, whoa. No, it did. Yeah, it no. did. It did. No. It did. What would you prefer it to go to? To your head? To your butt? What if you just got a really big I'd prefer butt? it like pushed down into the legs or something that no one can see. Yeah, but for sturdy leg. I've got sturdy leg. That's all women. A lot of women have that. Yeah, it goes off and thigh. Yeah, and I it's prefer that to tree face. trunks. I get chin is where I get mine. And you know, you're watching telly and you're like, <laughs> I can't fully put my neck down because there's too much double chin. Yeah, at least you don't have to wear a high rise jean. That if you get if you add some weight mm. or gain weight, that's and that digs in. You can't. You have to stand. Stand always. always. <laughs> you can never sit down. Do you want to take a seat? No, thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't. Okay, well, before we get stuck into the sandwich making, you're one of the few people I know that have lived out your childhood dream career. Um, can you tell us how that became your reality? It, it's, uh, I yeah, love it's this story. Bad, no. um, I don't know, when I was little, like, I just, I, 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 don't, I don't remember like the exact time that I loved the radio, but I just remember it slowly becoming a routine and thinking that I had to check in on Sarah Cox in the morning and John Peel at night. And I just sort of loved listening to them. And it wasn't a thing of me talking. It wasn't even my friends. I didn't go to school and talk about it. I don't think. I think that I think when I was little, I thought that no one else knew who John Peel was. Okay. And it was like, oh, I found this guy. He plays pretty good tunes. And um, I don't know. I just I just really found something in it that I really loved. And I really loved Radio 1 and um only really ever listened to Radio 1. Like, I, I didn't enjoy listening to other stations. I love that it felt conversational and not too professional and real, I guess. It felt just, you know, like people who loved yeah. music and loved having a laugh talking. Yeah. So we're sorry, this isn't just tuning in on a Sunday and, and taping the charts. This is like you had your time slots that you had to yeah, show yeah. up for. Yeah. And what age are we saying this is? I think maybe like... 
So I'm trying to work out when Sarah Cox would have been on. I think probably like 10, maybe 10, 11. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Um, and I don't know, I just loved it. And I loved going to, I loved music. And we always had, like, my brother's a big music fan and my sister was. And they got me really into music and took me to gigs all the time. And I just found that whole world really exciting. And um, I just remember listening to Radio 1 and, like, Joe Wiley doing the live lounge I loved. And Sarah Cox saying she went to see Missy Elliott play at a festival. And I was like, wow, that sounds great. So um, I, I remember saying, like, to my brother's girlfriend, to Leanne at the time, that um, I really want to be a Radio 1 DJ, but I said, but it's a bit like, you know, saying you want to be an astronaut or a footballer. And she was like, well, people are footballers and, pe you know, people are astronauts, like, you can do it. And I remember being like, she's right, I'm going to do it. And were you, but were you a confident child? Did you kind of... Yeah, I was quite confident as a child. I was, yeah, I think you're a bit more fearless, aren't you, as a kid? So I thought, oh, I'll just do that. And I just sort of really set out in my head, like, I'll do that. And I'd imagine being on Radio 1 and imagine being And you didn't ever question it. You were just like, this is, this yeah. is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then when I got a little bit older and I'd start to think, how do you make that happen? Yeah. I applied for loads of work experiences at like record labels and management companies. And there was a really good one in Manchester called Red Alert. And they did like uh, regional radio plug-in. So they'd um, promote artists to, to radio that wasn't national, basically. Okay. And they looked after loads of great people like Depeche Mode and The Killers and Goldfrap. Um, and I went and worked there initially as like an intern and would just go in and help. And then um, I'd work there when I was at uni and at college that like every summer holiday, every Easter holiday, like any day I could, I just would go in and work there. And then that gave me like a proper insight into radio. Like we'd be visiting radio stations and taking bands in to, to do sessions and taking bands like Black Rebel Motorcycle Club into Radio 2 and stuff to do a session on a Sunday. And I just loved it. I, don't know, I, li I liked that it was really an intimate space and it'd be, you know, like this, like two people didn't have a conversation, but then it was being broadcast to potentially millions. I don't know. I just thought there was something special and powerful about it, cool. I guess. And then um, from there, I proper got a taste of it. And I was like, right, I want to do it. How do I make it happen? So then I was like, I think I probably need to move to London. And then I just, I tried so many and times what did you study to go to Radio 1. Oh, uni, I did like media and business studies. And didn't you do radio? At yeah, I did student radio. Yeah. And I loved doing student radio, but no one ever ever listened to it me and my friend grania did it yeah and we used to do we were like we should do the breakfast show because that's the main one but that's stupid <laughs> to do at uni because no. oh, everyone's yeah. in bed <laughs> yeah, yeah. no students like i'm gonna wake up at six and tune into nick and grania's breakfast show what was the um what was the denim jacket for some reason this the denim jacket with all the badges and stuff hadn't your like mom and dad saved what was that because i remember your mom really showing me being like Oh, look, we've still got his jacket. With, and oh, you had all your badges or something that you'd collected. I had, I had an it? army jacket, which I'd painted on the back of. Do you remember this? I did. I was really into clubbing and really into house music and techno and raving. You still into that? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so tired now. I just can't. I can't do it. And um, I uh, had an army jacket that I bought from like a, an army supply shop and I spray painted on the back of it dirty dirty house music <laughs> that's nice in pink and I was really like pretty alternative love this <laughs> um, it was so horrible so it might have been that that she showed you I, for some reason I have 
them. There might have been a denim, denim jacket with badges on. Probably. I had some horrible clothes. Yeah, <laughs> really horrible clothes. Um, and then when I moved to London, I was like, oh, what can I do? And I came and moved to work at MTV. And that's where I met Anna Varney. <laughs> and I was an intern there. But I ran into one of our friends the other day, Bernie, who we used to work with yeah. at MTV. And I said, oh, I love Bernie. And I was, I was introducing Bernie to someone at work. And then I said, I used to be Bernie's intern and um, you know, do stuff at MTV. She's like, absolutely terrible. She's like, worst <laughs> intern <laughs> ever. She said he'd be like, I'd be like, uh, Nick, is it all right if you just copy these? I'd be like, I'm one second, I'm on the phone. <laughs> Sorting out like guests. But I'd never them. had a, like, a job, so I didn't know how to, be, how to behave. And the only work I'd done was like a bit of free work in Manchester. And I was like, everyone's just on their phone here. And But that didn't really cut the mustard in London. Yeah. Okay, and... Carry on the theater, carry oh, on the and story. then I worked there. And then um, when I was in London and, and f- through my time at Red Alert in Manchester, I met a lady, Lana, who worked at Channel 4, and she was always saying, come and do a screen test. But I never, ever wanted to do the telly. I, n- I always thought people on the telly were, like, very perfect and, you know... Didn't you do some stuff as well at MTV? I no, th- I never. I thought that they got you in to do bits. No. Or did you... Oh... I don't know. I maybe. I don't think so. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, she was like, do a screen test. And I never wanted to no, do the test. No, but telly. I remember we would always be pulled into doing like random promos. And We'd stuff. always have to do adverts. We did an underwater one. Yep. We used with to, like yeah. records and. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. And I in like a pool for. and we shot it in a pool. And uh, yeah, and Lana was always like, come and do the screen test. And I never wanted to do the telly. And then when my internship ended, it was either go and do the screen they test. They didn't extend it. Or move. They didn't <laughs> extend it. Um, it was either do the screen test and do some telly or move back home to Oldham. So I was like, all right, I'll do the telly. So I ended up doing telly first. And I did it probably for about a year before, a year and a half before I got into radio. And that was like fresh. Did you do Freshly Squeezed? Yeah, Freshly Squeezed, which was for E4 and... For music, which was like, um, I guess like an MTV style music video show. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I always, I still worked through the radio. And then once I first went into Radio 1, I did, I used to do Sunday nights with Annie Mac. And but how did you get that gig? By, after about a year and a half of doing telly, um, Channel 4 said like, you need an agent. Right, and right. I met with an agent, Caroline, and she said, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't want to say. She's like, just say what you want to do. And I was like, <laughs> wait, do you want breakfast? She was like, all right. Let's do it. And then she's like, here are the steps that we've got to do. And then she took me to Radio 1 and we had meetings. And I knew Annie Mack from my pl- my days when I was working. Did you? I didn't yeah, know. I, I met her. At, um, we used to like send her music when I was working for the record label. And then I met her at Glastonbury. We took the killers there. For, to The first time they played, we took them to and did all their like press and stuff with them. And um, Well, not me. I was like making tea for the person who still a great gig still a great gig and um we met annie there so i was probably like 19 when i met annie and then we we i ran into her quite a few times in london and she's like oh we want someone to come in on sundays and like talk about what's happening that week and give us a gig guide and tell us what songs are out and stuff and i was like i'll do that um and then that ended up being like the launch of like a new BBC youth strand that they called um bbc switch Switch, yeah which was i guess like radio one for like a specific teenage brand of Radio 1. Yeah. Was it, was it a bit more alternative? Yeah, I guess, yeah. Cooler. <laughs> Can I say, oh, not, uh, co- not cooler. <laughs> you can't agree with that. Cooler, but then we were on it. 
Um, and so when you got the call, like how did the kind of the Radio 1 breakfast, like how did that kind of... So then I was doing like, I, I did some stuff with Annie and then I was doing night times and I, and I did some weekend breakfast and stuff as well. But I, I remember being like 24, 23 and having to like wake up at 5am on a weekend was like torture at the time. Um, and then I did um, nighttime radio and really loved it. And I yeah. think when I got to the nighttime show was when I got to really be myself you felt like the pressure was off a little bit right you could play whatever music you wanted you could book whatever guest you wanted and um we had all kinds of people like just dropping by the show and I think it was a, a really great time and I really loved it and it felt like we built like a a community of uh, listeners at that night time and then I did that for about three just over three years and then I had a call to go and see Big Boss Ben and uh Big Boss Ben Wanted to meet me at like 9 a.m. And when I was doing my nighttime show, I was like, 9 a.m.? You know the hours I'm on. I was like, oh, that's early. Or wasn't it till midnight when you were Yeah, 10 yeah. to midnight. That is late. So I went in to meet him and I was late and uh, I was like, oh my God, sorry I'm late. I like hate mornings. Like, I can't <laughs> deal with getting up at this time. I was like, the tube's disgusting. It was so busy. I hated it. I was like, just not into mornings. And he was like, well, I. Uh, want to offer you the breakfast show so you better start liking them and I was like oh I could like them I think I like them <laughs> with a chauffeur driven and car then they're about, yeah if there's a chauffeur <laughs> um and then um I, uh they announced it like the next day or something I said yeah and then they announced what did it. that feel like though? it was, was really weird so surreal and they announced it on Newsbeat on like the news on what? Radio 1 and what did your mom and dad say because this is like yeah, yeah they were uh, I told them, I wasn't allowed to tell anyone, but I told them because oh, I thought... What was um, their reaction? They were really like overjoyed. Like they were so happy and um, yeah, it was... Did they expect it? Um, I don't know. I don't know if they did expect it. I think they... I don't know. I don't know. It's such a weird thing to think yeah. about. Like I can't, it's hard to put it into words of how... But it was at the time. But through that whole kind of... Having Be, not in a cocky way, but because I wanted it so much and I'd set it out on my head, it didn't feel that weird. Right, right, right. Yeah, but that's Now amazing. looking back on it, it does. I'm like, oh my God, how crazy. Yeah. But at the time I was like, well, yeah. Yeah. Because this is what I've aimed for. But looking back on it, it seems a lot more surreal and a lot more, um, I don't know. But you know that there's like a whole world of like... Um, books literature all sorts where it's like manifest your dreams yeah. like this and I feel like incidentally somehow you have you've had that vision you've played it out a thousand yeah. times and you have manifested this world I mean, yeah also you know you've obviously through hard work and making yeah. all those kind of connections but yeah it is it is it, I mean it's something that I started working towards when I was like 14 yeah and then it happened well, Radio 1 happened probably when I was like 24. Yeah. So I did do like, you know, student radio and loads of work experience for free and like working for people in the middle of yeah. the night and like doing loads of stuff that was really exciting at the time. But I guess hard work when you look back on it. So yeah, it, it was a mixture of like manifesting it and then also like the really hours. working yeah. at it, I guess. Was there a point where you thought, I've really found my like radio voice? 
where um, you're like, hold on, this is it. Did you on, used to like? Hang on. I'm a, well, one, two, I spend three. most of my time trying not to shout because I'm <laughs> shouting in real life, and every time I do the radio, every producer's like shouting. So I'm always self, weirdly self-consciously like just trying to turn it volume. down. My producer they Jenny just turn now is you like, down. yeah, they can't. They've tried. They've had like engineers in. They thought there was something wrong with the studio, and then the. Uh, technician came in one day and i mean years of trying to work out why my voice that is seems rude loud. and they went yeah, yeah your headphones are so loud that you're shouting over the music you're talking over and they were like there's something wrong with the mics and it was basically i just have everything so loud that i'm probably deafened and then i am <laughs> shouting over this music which is why everything's distorting so now my producer's like remember it, energy voice. not volume because <laughs> I'm like, I'm energetic. She's like, you can be energetic, but quietly. I'm like, I can't. This is it. I'm one volume. <laughs> I want it loud. Um, I love this. Um, and I guess I'd be really interested to know like where your drive and ambition comes from. Like, is that like, did you grow up around that kind of environment? Like, because that um, is a true. Like, yeah, I think my, my dad was very, very hardworking. And he was very, um, like he, he so I guess he did instill like a hard working mentality in all of us. Like my, my school was very important to my mum and dad. Like they were very like, go to school, do your homework, get good exam results. And my sister was really hard working, and my brother. Like when they were at school, like I don't think my brother was necessarily as as hard working as my sister but he's super smart so he they both had really good exam results and like right. they did really so well at school and they got really good jobs and they were like both smart and switched on so I think that that sort of trickled down to me that was sort of just expected like you go to work and it's hard and there's challenges but I, they weren't massively into me going doing like a media thing my dad was like media and like PR which was like what I was interested in when I was a kid I thought like they'd be exciting jobs because probably I watched Ab Fab or something um he was like they're jobs that if the business is going under you get fired first right so why don't you do like law or accountancy it's like people will always need Accountants. I think he saw them as like high risk jobs, right, maybe. Right. Whereas I saw them as like high glamour. I was like, oh, but lunches and yeah. things. And um, <laughs> so they weren't massively, they were very supportive, obviously, but they were not like, they didn't really get what I wanted to do or like what music PR was. They were like, what the hell's that? Yeah. And I was like, work in the music industry and like promote bands. And they're like, what? So they were, they, I think it was good that I had a mixture of my brother and my sister being very into music and culture and my sister was went is like a works in finance and she was like i think go and do something that actually you do enjoy because i work in finance every day and it's like it's hard so she's like might as well uh, do something that you like and then so i think a mixture of that encouragement and then my dad and mum's like hard working ethos that like they're like both from like you know super working class regular normal families who grafted so i think that's probably been like instilled in me yeah. Was there a moment when you um, felt like I've made it? This is it. This this. Uh, I I can remember going to work. Well, calling it work, and 
I always had a feeling like someone's going to turn around and go, ah, just get in. You're <laughs> not you doing go. this. We've been winding you up. Um, but I remember doing TV and doing T4 with Makita. And Makita said, I've got work tomorrow. And I was loving doing the telly and the radio, but I didn't see it as work. I just was like, oh, it's like so fun. And one day she went, oh, I've got work tomorrow. And I went, oh, what's your job? And she was like, and I work on T4 with you. And I went, yeah, but what do you mean we've got work? And she's like, T4. And I was like, oh my God, do you call that work? So I remember like thinking. She was about, she started when she was about 14. Yeah, she started when she was five. She was, she was exhausted. She just needed a day off. So I, yeah, I remember thinking like a pinch yourself moment was feeling lucky that going to work, I didn't feel like was going to work and that I could be myself at work and that people would, um, like there was no sort of, the only thing that was expected was that you could be yourself, which is a really nice way to be. Like you didn't have to go to work and like, I've got to be professional and like, oh, I've got to present this and like look professional. There's actually don't be professional, like just your opinions quite valued. So I always appreciate that. And I remember one of our bosses, even like this year actually, um, well, last year, actually, she said to me, um, one of the BBC bosses, I said, like, you know, at the end of this meeting, I said, so what do you need from me? Like, what do you need me to be doing? She said, I just need you to be you. And I was like, that was really inspiring for me uh, to go to work. And that's what is expected of me and gave me like a big confidence boost. And also, I don't know, it just made me really appreciate my my job and my yeah. career that that's what um I have to do it. I have to like do it. You know. You know. You yeah. people have to like talk properly on the phone and stuff. Yeah. Like, hello. It's. Martin I feel like here. I'm trying to uh, talk. Yeah. Properly like, now. I, don't, I don't have to do that. <laughs> so I feel that's like a pinch yourself moment. Yeah. I think. I guess stepping out doing X Factor did that. Was that correct? Like, because that's still when I saw you doing that, having known you for like a really long mm-hmm. time. Like I. I didn't watch it, but I when I did the, the clips, <laughs> <laughs> the clips, I was like, "That is shit." I was like, "That's huge." That was quite. It was really, really huge. It was scary that though. It was re- it was really huge, and it was like one of them shows that normally, if you're doing like a telly show, there'll be like pre-production meeting, mm. there'll be planning, like you'll like I'd sit and like write some ideas down about what I wanted to talk about, but you can't really do that on X Factor. It was just like right, turn up on Tuesday, day one, nine o'clock. And you just turned up and then you're like, in an audition with Simon Cowell and Cheryl and Rita. It was like, in an arena. Like, it was a really weird baptism of fire. So, um, it was... um, And do you always feel confident? Do you always feel like, I've got this? No, I I didn't feel very confident in that. Well, I did and I didn't. Certain days, like, it's quite scary when... It's quite scary because you want to be honest with people and tell them the truth. But then also I don't want to be horrible and ruin anyone's dreams. Yeah. So most people would come on and they'd just be fine. Right. Like they'd just be fine. And what so I feel is... nervous or insecure about, I can't just say in an arena in front of people, do you know what, Jenny? Um, it was fine. I, I have nothing to say because that's really what I would say in my head, but in the audition, I was like, I can't be mean okay, to Jenny. Okay, so what were you saying? So Jenny I'd was coming Jenny, out, she was fine. You know what, it was... It's 10, a nice song, and there's 10,000 people there. You can't just like rinse someone in front of the, the arena, and then the nan's there, and the nan's like, oh, they're amazing. Oh, no. So yeah. it was a bit, I did find it, I struggled with it a little bit because most people were literally just fine. And um, could you be like, go back, try, like, yeah, like go back, like find out who you are. Like, we need some a bit more 
special, like find out what that thing is yeah. that you've got that no one else has got. And I don't know, it was that bit I, I struggled with when people, because it'd be great if someone was totally crap or totally amazing. Cause you'd be like, that was incredible. Yeah. Or that was rubbish. But when they were just fine, I was like, it's just not going to happen. Um, and then when we started doing the mentoring bit, I loved that bit. So when we got our categories and I got my, three boys and we'd like go to the recording studio and like mess around like I love doing all that did you record anything yeah I laid down a few songs <laughs> were you BBs no my voice is horrible like really horrible singing voice. voice yeah really bad um but don't know no, it was it was I preferred doing the live shows like once it got through to the live shows I loved it because I'd never done anything where I'd, it had been like edited really mm. so radio I sort of just did it and yeah. you're you're it's your own truth. producer and your e own editor really you sort of lead the show and you you come up with your own ideas and you deliver them how you deliver them whereas when you do x factor or a show like that you're filming for so many hours and then you're on it for like a few minutes it's sort of it was weird watching but how like truthful a, was the edit because well I'm always very suspicious yeah it was I, I don't know like I when I watched it back I was like oh is that what I'm like Maybe I don't like me. Oh. Do you know what I mean? It was quite weird. Whereas I think like Gogglebox or the radio or T4, E4 or whatever I've ever done before, that is actually you. Yeah. Um, so I loved doing the live shows. When it came to the live shows, it was fun. And I loved being part of something that was on every Saturday. So and, enormous as well. And yeah, and like everyone could talk about it. And I love those shows like X Factor because you can talk to, it's like when the Olympics is on and it's like, oh, did you watch that? Or did you see that? Like it gives everyone like a common ground talking point. So I like that element of it. Would you want to do anything like that again? <clears throat> um, I don't know. I don't. I, I would like to do something big like that. I think like a big entertainment show. But I don't know if talent shows. I don't know if we've we've sort of seen the format. Is it's hard to. I don't know. It's hard to do it again. I think because it's been so done and right. it's been so great for so many years. I just can't see it getting back up to what it was because it's sort of been so parodied now, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it's. Um, would you put together your own production company and do your own? Have you done stuff like that? No, no, I've not actually. No, I'd like and to, I guess, yeah. once. it's. I think it's finding the, the time to do it. Like with doing daily radio, you've yeah. got to spend, you know, it's three hours a day of content and you've got to find stuff like we've not talked about. And also Greg, Scott, Chris, Clara yeah, also haven't talked about. So most of the day you spent like coming up with ideas that's a and good point i've never thought of yeah that of like what can we talk about that we've not talked about or getting a new angle on like a new story so right. we can't give any angle that anyone else has given so um i would like to do production company like i have fridays off now and fridays do you not work fridays no so they they changed the radio on schedule now so everyone's off on a Friday, so it's weekends from Fridays. Ah, yeah. So it's like Friday is going to be a productive day, but recently Fridays have been let's go on holiday day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rightly so. Um, also, so if you, as someone that's been like so hugely successful, what piece of advice would you offer someone starting out? I'd say don't say anything that you don't believe, and I, d I think I wouldn't try and conjure up any sort of on-air personality or try and be proper or try and emulate anyone you've seen. Cause I think it's going to be really hard to keep it up and really exhausting. And I think being yourself and being a hundred percent you is a lot more attractive than 
anyone sort of pretending to be like, I don't know, funny or hyper intelligent or like using words that you wouldn't use. I just like to say be yourself because yeah. I think it's it's so. How much do you get easier. that confidence though? To actually I don't know. I think you know that that's good yeah. Enough. I think you've got to practice it. It's quite a weird thing doing the radio because you're in a room on your own, but it's going out to loads of people. So I always imagine talking to a friend. So if I had a story of something that happened at the weekend, how would I tell like? it to you as opposed to like a room full of people yeah because you'd tell it different so you I, I think that conversational uh so that natural conversation is what i first fell in love with on radio like john peel and sarah cox yeah. were the ones that stood out to me because they weren't trying to be presenters yeah they were people and they were having a conversation with you yeah so i think that's nice okay. and i don't think you need to be proper and pronounce things properly if, if you don't. If you if do, you great. But well, do you know what? Just hearing back like the podcast, I was like, I am sound really posh. I was like, I didn't know. I was like, Andrew, oh, I didn't know one was posh. I, I didn't know one was posh at all. <laughs> and I was like, why is a no one told me this? It's like, and I'm like, well, just think of people on annoying. the telly that you like, like you know, like Kathy Burke. Yeah, like she's could not amazing. be any more charming. And she's like swearing, unapologetic, properly, herself. unapologetic. So yeah. I think someone like that is a good role model for for anyone that wants yeah. to do telly because it's so refreshing to have someone on who's just themselves. Yeah. Or you know what, Claudia Winkleman's posh, but she's herself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, she's not posh; she's just properly spoken. Um, what do you still want to accomplish? Ooh. Um, Where are you in ten years? Oh, oh, okay. Um, I really want to do radio every day. I hate being off the radio. I really, I thought when I was younger that I didn't like routine and I was like, I'm crazy. <laughs> I just go with the flow. And actually I'm like, I'm not. I want a schedule. Uh-huh. Um, so I really like doing the radio every day. I love- You're like a toddler. Just needs to know yeah. when you're eating, when you're here, yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. It's a routine. Um, so I, I really would love to carry on doing the radio. Like I love it. I think I've, I really feel lucky in that if I'm a bit anxious or down or- bit moody or whatever like I've never been to work and felt worse like it genuinely makes me feel better like I, I love going to work and I I really appreciate that because I know a lot of people wake up in a great mood and not anxious and then go to work and they're like this is, yeah. so I, I don't know I, I really enjoy it I think it's a, a really therapeutic for me in a way I guess like cause it's three hours of I don't know having to focus and work on focus your brain for a minute and um i don't know i just i just love it so i'd love to do radio i'd love to do that um i want to write a book i started like what about writing things not well not an autobiography but sort of stories from my life i think um so and how serious a book is this or is it kind of a bit tongue-in-cheek is it it's um, like you're, you're yeah i've only just started i've well i've been sort of writing things down but i've not sort of is, is it a bit of a kiss and tell on all the wild nights? Yeah, it's nights. a massive kiss, kiss and, and tell. <coughs> no one um, is safe. It's an expose. <laughs> uh, no, it's just sort of like anecdotes of, 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 of funny things that have happened. Okay. Um, I'd like to do that. And um, I don't know. I don't know. Do you see yourself do. still in the UK? Would you ever move abroad? I'd love to live in New York for a bit. Would you? Yeah, I'd love to. I love New York. It's the only place I can imagine living. I'd like to try it out. It's chaos. Yeah, but I like that. And I like that everything's on. Because sometimes I think maybe I'd like to live in the country. So you're not, sl- I was going to say, so you're like, you're not slowing down getting the country power. But yeah, sometimes I think that, but I don't know if I could do it. I think the country would be nice on the weekend when you're having like scotch egg with your Quite friends and a walk. But then I worry on like a Tuesday and it's just grey and it's March. Is it fun? I don't know. I'd be worried that I'd 
be understimulated. Sure. Maybe. Okay. Either country or New York City. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you've really got it sorted. Yeah, I've got it. I'm very focused. <laughs> I want to start doing more creative stuff. Like I want to start doing um, like set design and doing like directing music videos. I'd love to move into that area. Yeah, because so are been, you doing a course? I did a course the last year at St. Martin's, St. Martin's in set design um, and I interned for an amazing set designer um, and I'd sort of done work experience in that field. So I'd love to do that. To do more, like have more, more hands-on creative, yeah, creative direction for other people. Stuff. Yeah. So, but finally, well, almost. Um, where are you eating out at? Out out. Um, I love Menu Premier. Yeah. Which is really great. Sort of little plates, European little plates, and that changes Very all the time. Um, and it's really delicious and all sorts of yummy food. I've never been and had a meal I didn't like, and they have like great organic wines and um, it's really well lit. Okay, that's it's important. Like we talked so about important. this. Yeah, so it feels really cozy and really nourishing both in food and also like I feel warm when I've been there like, mm, that was a nice experience. Um, love it there. I love Perilla, we really like. Um, where else have we been going? We love Marito in Hackney, Delicious. which is like... Um, North African tapas stuff. Yeah. Um, I love Jay Shiki's. Yes. It's my favorite. For in, fish. For fish in Covent Garden. Um, and Barafina. Yes. Me and Mish love a Barafina. Delish. Sat at the bar. Which one though? Sat because the they, bar. Are, they all have kind of, the menu varies across each location. The one on Dean Street yep. we like. And now don't work Fridays. We can sometimes go on a Friday. We got to get there for like get 12. get there early. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise you're queuing. Yeah. And what's the trashiest food that you cannot help yourself with? Uh, oh, what do I love? I, I'm not mad at pot noodle. You don't like it? No, I mean, oh. I do. I'm not, I mean, not no to a pot noodle. No. McDonald's Which I really love. I love a sweet and sour pot not noodle. Not the Bombay bad boy. Not the Bombay bad boy. <laughs> which, <laughs> I, which my husband loves and I'm always insulted by. <laughs> Bombay bad boy. Uh, I like the sweet and sour pot noodle. Okay, yeah. so not the classic chicken. Not the classic chicken. But yeah, that I'm, I'm pretty into. McDonald's, I really love, like, love. We had one yesterday, actually. You're going for... No, Saturday we had one. <laughs> okay. And so now you're going to make me a sandwich. Okay. The most important part of the yeah. podcast. Um, everyone has their, like, I, I, it's not that I'm a massive sandwich addict, mm -hmm. but I am partial to sandwich. But I'm interested in what you're putting in it. Okay. Tell us about your sandwich. Okay, I'm going to do for you a cheese and onion toasted sandwich. Okay, what's the cheese? The cheese I'm is... I'm really excited. Okay, what's cheese the cheese? I'm getting, I'm getting really close to you. Um, the cheese is... I bought so much cheese at Christmas that the man who dropped it off said to me, is there a wedding? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah. no, not a wedding. It, you do crazy. know it's Christmas. Um, so we've got really great cheddar from Neil's Yard, yeah. which is really yummy. We've got some sourdough from the bakers at the end of the road. And then we've got some onions from the onion shop, okay? <laughs> and then we're going <laughs> to... <laughs> We're gonna pan fry it with butter on the outside and the inside. Yeah, so butter on the inside and on the yeah, outside. Yeah, on the outside. And do like a, it's more like a grilled cheese American style. Yeah. Which is yum, right? Yeah, I'm into this. Yeah. Okay. Mish, my boyfriend, who's actually in the house right now, um, said, it's all right if I stay until the sandwich is made. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is exactly why there's a sandwich segment. So the people are passionate about I'm just going to stay until that sandwich is done. <laughs> okay. Um, let's do it. Okay. Give me all the pieces that kitchen love. 
So the sandwich is currently in the making. Mm -hmm. You've buttered both sides with a lure pack mm -hmm. and you're going to fry both sides before you add the cheese. Yeah, we're going to do a little fried cheese sandwich with some onions and yeah, fried cheesy yummy bread. Okay, I'm into this. Yeah? So while that's kind of turning a nice... <laughs> just a little get the sound effect. effect. Here we go. <laughs> Well, that turns Ooh, to... pig's in my cup. Pig. Sorry, my dog's drinking my coffee. <laughs> She's got a very busy day. <laughs> so while that turns to a lovely golden brown, can you just talk us through the custom-made cheese board cupboards? Oh, yeah. So the cupboards, I was finding it, because I wanted it to feel really cosy in the kitchen. I didn't want it to look like a kitchen. And everything that we're doing looks too kitchen-y. Um, so I wanted to have like a few different materials. So we've got like brick walls, steel, marble, um, wood. I was like, I wanted it to all look like a sort of mishmash. It felt more homely. Yeah. And then I was looking for wood for ages. And, and then we came across these, which were um, cheese boards from like a fromagerie in um, Amsterdam or in Holland. And um, they, they were just, yeah, planks of wood that used to hold the cheese in the fromagerie. So we ordered them, they came, and then Warren, my builder, made them into um, wardrobe, uh, into cupboard doors. Um, but they had cheese still on them, yeah. they, they stunk. So and I'm like, oh no, we've got to sand the cheese off. They're like, oh, I thought you wanted it rustic. And yeah, not that rustic. The dog's like licking the cupboards. Um, but also we should say that you can actually still see the-, the Yeah, where of, the cheese was. Yeah, the rounds of They're the cool, wheels they? of cheese. But I left them yeah. unfinished, so they've sort of warped. I'm okay. kind of into it. Like, I kind of... I like it. I think it's like, you know, you spill stuff. Yeah, it's like your it's house. It's, yeah, exactly. It's kitchen. Yeah. Because I was getting like stressed about this marble because when it got put in, the guys put it in and then they went, oh, by the way, don't spill anything on it because it's porous. I was like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's in now. But I think you've just got to just let stuff get a bit... Yeah. Also, half the charm of having um, marble or like natural stone or pro natural products is to like it, the wear and tear, the yeah. marks. You literally put a glass of water down and that's, and that's there for life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even a good time. That was just That was just water. water. Or like this stain here that we've got. Yeah, yeah. is that bolognese? Probably. Okay. Um, anything else in the kitchen that you love? Like the artwork's so beautiful as well. Like what's... Yeah, I am worried about this. I have a canvas above the sink and every time I'm pouring like boiling water in, I'm like, is the steam... You've got a shelf there to protect ruining it. it. Yeah, got... do you think that's all right? <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently they steam canvases to straighten them. Yeah, to stretch them. To stretch them, oh. sorry. Yeah, so maybe it's all right. Or ruining the art, I don't know. Well, we'll find out in five to ten years. <laughs> when it's disintegrated. Okay, he's adding um, half moons of raw onion onto the golden butter-drenched sourdough. Thank you. I love that we're just literally like silently <laughs> staring at the pan. Okay, there's generous, very, probably a good three quarters of a centimetre thick lumps of no. mature, oh, that one bit over there is, th okay, they're thinner, of um, mature cheddar, Neil's yard. I've just noted down extra matte cheddar. Extra matte cheddar. <laughs> yeah, that looks good. It's going back on the hob. I, oh, that's going to go on top. Okay. Oh my God. And I think, is it being transferred to the oven to just really melt down? We're going to just flatten it down with a spatula. 
I used to live. I used to live with an American, and he used to make grilled cheese sandwiches. And Jesse Jenkins. I remember. Yeah, and he used to make really good grilled cheese sandwiches. Where is he now? He's a photographer. Is he? Yeah, major photographer. He and used now, to make them look so good, but I think he used to use like the white. Yeah. No, like white. No, do it in a pan with butter, but like he'd use a white bread, like American bread, like not sourdough. I think no. it totally flattens better, yeah. doesn't it? Mushes Synthetic better. Synthetic bread. Yeah. Oh, it's going for a flip. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It smells good. And also, the good thing about the cheese and onion and butter-soaked sourdough is that it's diet food. Yes. Um, the weight is falls off. Calorie-wise, what do you think this is? Oh. <laughs> Just a lot. You better walk to work after this. Should I put it in the oven? So, the sandwich was a triumph. Did you like the sandwich? I loved the sandwich. It's good, right? What is not to love? Butter, cheese, onion, bread, fried. Fried, oven baked, melted. Um, very delicious. Oh. Oh. Pig. <laughs> the dog is talking. Oh my god, I love that. That's a giant toothbrush. <laughs> the dog has a giant toothbrush. Talk. Oh, that's a lie. Um, so, one last thing that we should Pig, do. Go away. Go away, little go away. piggy. Go away. Okay. One last thing we should do, yeah. um, or one last thing that I would love to do, is just have a quick peek in your fridge. Okay. This, I've heard, has been the subject of much controversy. I can't even say the word. Controversy. <laughs> well, like... we had people... I get sort of bullied by the fridge because our friend Henry bullies us. Why? Because he thinks it looks like Chris Jenner's fridge. <laughs> and he's like, who do you think you are with that fridge? Everything's in a line. I like everything in a line. Okay. I like everything. And so you do. Semi-organized. Well... Semi, it's not that crazy, I don't think. Okay, top shelf. Top shelf. We have some of the best drinks in the world. <laughs> Diet Coke in a bottle. In a bottle. My favorite. We have a cold-pressed, hard green, non-pasteurized juice. Which well, I that's get where delivered. you're going. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> On a Monday. Um, my favorite alcohol-free lager, which is Heineken. Alcohol-free? Alcohol -free. Yep. For January? Well, or just for, always? I did like two months before Christmas. And now I just can't really drink. It gives me anxiety. And did you not drink over Christmas? I drank at Christmas because then I was like off. So I don't right. feel anxious like that. Um, but I, I've tried a few and that's my favorite. Okay, that's what's your the go to one. then? Tell us. Um, Heineken alcohol free. Okay. It tastes like a beer. And sometimes you really want a beer. Yeah. But I just don't want to be drunk okay. or have anxiety. Amazing. So I do that. Um, shelf number two. Shelf number two, I guess, is condiments. We've got piccalilli. Cranberry sauce, sticky fig relish, uh, English mm. mustard, some other stuff out there at the back, some sweet chilies. chili jam. We have some green hot chilies, mango salsa, and a tomato. Tomatillo tomatillo salsa. salsa. What's tomatillo? Like green tomatoes, like Mexican. Um, we have some tonic water. Delicious. In a can for guests who want a vodka tonic. Then we move down to a really large cheese wheel. <laughs> that's still remaining from Christmas. We've got about 
15% left. <laughs> it was a big wheel. Yeah. Uh, we got some red cabbage, some tomatoes, butter, and then loads of green vegetables. Seeing a lot of veg here. I'm impressed. A lot of veg. Broccoli and celery and courgettes and Ooh. time's up. Time's up. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have more cheese. A very sorry, just a little a lone little shelf. A mild of... cheddar. This was emergency cheese from the corner shelf. Did you forget that you had half a wheel? Yeah, why did we do that? I don't know what we were thinking. I'm seeing the top of a rose quartz, quartz <laughs> facial roller. We have a rose quartz facial roller, which yeah. sometimes I use. I don't know if this does anything. I like that. Although I had the jade stone one, oh, yeah. uh, which I broke and nearly took my eye out with. Oh, okay. Just the, like the metal top. I don't bit. know what this could do. I don't it know. It feels nice though. It feels nice. I've got the I've got the facial swelling. That helps. That will help. Yeah. That will help. Then we've got some Champagne. Okay, so for all the for those two <laughs> alcohol-free beers, there's also three bottles of Moet. There's um, two bottles of one bottle of Pickporn, another bottle of Fizz. Pickporn, and then this one I've not. What someone bought this at Christmas. Joy. This is a, a sparkling Pinot Noir. Ooh, all right. So I don't know who bought that, but thanks. But the, so that's thank from you. Christmas. A Merry Christmas. Shout out San Pellegrino. <laughs> Your we favorite. Love San Pellegrino. <laughs> Second shout out. Um, some bottled water. Another sparkling in Voss. Nice. And then some almond unsweetened milk. Are you off the dairy apart from the wheel of cheese? Um, apart from the wheel of cheese, yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, yeah. I mean, dairy's never really, like, because some people it's don't not like problematic it. Or people you. give them spots or digestion, but it's not problematic for me. I don't eat a lot of dairy. Okay. All right. Well, on that note. And then note, my freezer oh, is. Oh, oh. <laughs> not, gotta not see the freezer. Part. It's a two parter. <laughs> Just dog food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! I didn't know you could do the turkey liver cheese in the in the freezer. Oh yeah, whack them in. Okay. Whack them in. Well, Nick Rimshaw, uh-huh. thank you so much. You've been um, a total treat. It's been thank a you, Anna. Have Thanks a good for day. making me eat cheese toasties. Thanks for making me eat cheese toasties. You're welcome. Toasties. Okay. Bye. Bye.